According to author Clarissa Pinkola Estes, creativity is not a solitary movement. That's its power. Whatever is touched by it, whoever hears it, sees it, senses it, knows it, is fed. That's why beholding someone else's creative word, images, idea, fills us up and inspires us to our own creative work. A single creative act has the potential to feed a continent, and one creative act can cause a torrent to break through stone. When Mary Surface, artist owner of the Snow Goose Gallery in downtown Bethlehem, wanted a special way to celebrate the gallery's upcoming 30th anniversary, she recalled her son David going hiking and taking photographs and saying, well, it's a good shot, plus it looks like something my mom would draw. Looking at his photos, she realized, you know what? That is something I would draw. And so was born What Goes Around, Part 1. David Evans Surface, photographs inspired by my mother's art. Mary Surface, art inspired by my son's photographs. A very special new show celebrating 30 years of the Snow Goose Gallery, the bond of family, and the magical give and take of creative inspiration. This is WDIY 88.1 Public Radio for the Lehigh Valley, and you are tuned in to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon. I remain Kate Scuffle, your host, and this evening I'm talking with Snow Goose Gallery owner and artist Mary Surface and her artist son David Surface about their fascinating Snow Goose Gallery anniversary show, What Goes Around, Part 1, opening with a special reception on Sunday, November 13th. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mary and Dave. Thank you, Thank for, you having for having us. us. Yeah. This is a fascinating idea. I just love it. What Could you tell us a little bit more about what inspired it and what it's like to kind of have this idea of the, the art rounding about inspiring each other? Well, I think I really wanted to do something special for our 30th because this is our 30th year, and I think it's a milestone. Hmm. So we really wanted to do something special. And the original thought was my husband, Doug, and I were talking about it. And he said, oh, I think you should do a show of your own work. Mm. And I said, well, I can try. But then this came about where David was taking all these photographs and sending them to me and saying, you know, look at this, Mom. Look at this. Look. And I'm like, you know what? This might be fun. So what goes around was born. And I forget where the title came from. Who came, who <laughs> oh, came up it, with the title? I think I, I think it may have been me because I was just, we were just joking around about it, and I was just like, "It's it's artwork inspired by photos, which were inspired by the same artwork, which was inspired by the same photos." It became this cyclical idea of what goes around comes around. Yeah. And we both kind of went, "Ooh, that, yeah, yeah, that work. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that work out just fine." Exactly. But yeah, exactly. and I've been taking photos for years through the lens of just what the art that I think that you grow up with, whether it's you know film or music or visual media shapes how you view the world. Mm. And so just enjoying taking pictures for fun. Like, I'm not a photographer. It's a camera phone. Like, I'm not going to lie about that. But after a while, you start looking at things going, where have I seen that before? Oh, literally, I grew up with that. That's where I've seen that before. And you kind of have to send it to that person and go, look familiar? <laughs> and then look, you, Mom, it's a tree. Yeah, look, Mom, it's a tree. <laughs> that. Look, it's water. Who knew? Rocks. Wow. Um, but you find that sort of cyclical nature to art. And Mary, the subject for our listeners of a lot of your work, it seems to me, would be outdoors, natural yes. um, things. Just David's hiking or, or walking around, taking yes. photos. Yes. So, David, just quickly before we go back to Mary, so how does Mary's work affect the way you see the natural world, then, which is affecting the instinct to take the photo? Basically, if you've ever seen my mom's uh, art, there is a unique, isolated moments of color 
there are sort of a depth of character where she'll draw the core image. Say it's just a, a tree on a riverbank, something visually very simple. And then you put the mat around that, the frame around that, you have your piece. But on the mat, she'll continue the branches out of the of the actual image. So it's sort of creeping out from that two-dimensional sort of idea and leaping out to you. Yeah. An entire field of leaves, but there's only one red leaf that's in color or one yellow leaf that's in color or fireflies. And they're a gold leaf, but just around the firefly is the only place where you see the color. So it's a black and white piece with little dots of yep. just bright green or there, whatever else. There will be a piece like that in the yeah. show, as a matter of fact. It's called, it's called Night Lights 4. I call it my Night Light series. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, when you find yourself just going for walks and looking at trees and looking at nature, that's how I've started to view things. It's not what's directly in front of me, but what's also four feet past it. Or mm. isn't that one specific color that I'm looking at really interesting? Or I like the way the light is coming through this way because it creates the shadow that goes that way, which is counter to what your brain would normally process. It's just a matter of looking at everything sort of two feet left of center. I think is a nice way of thinking. Oh, that's about a neat it. way of thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I've always been a little left of center. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I knew I got it from anybody, somewhere. So. Anybody who knows me. Knows <laughs> it strikes me that's kind of a wonderful, um, also a wonderful reason to have art in our lives. It changes yeah. the way we look at the world. And Mary, for you, when David started sharing photos with you and saying, "Hey, like this is reminiscent of your work to me," or this mm -hmm. felt like, what did that feel like? And, and did it change the way you looked at your work? Did you see your work resonate in the photos David was taking? Yeah, it, it took a little bit for me to get used to because I I take my own photographs as reference photos okay. because, honestly, if I were to do plein air painting, the seasons would change. That's how slowly yeah. I work. So I'm, I'm used to working from my own photographs because I have been there. I have touched that tree. I have picked up that rock, you know, that kind of thing. So it's right. very, very hands-on for me. For me to work from another person's photos when I have not been there is really pushing my boundaries. I'm, it's a good thing. I think it's opens me, opened me up as an artist. Uh -huh. Just made me realize that, no, this is not, my own photographs are not the be-all, end-all. And I'm a lousy photographer anyway, so... <laughs> I'm no great shakes either, let's be honest. Uh, you're better than I am. But uh, but even even so, there's a couple of Dave's photographs where, where I'm using now that I'm not even using the whole photograph. Okay. The Night Lights 4 piece that's coming up is just part of one photograph that he took. I learned to look at things differently. I've learned to, to see different things and say, oh, you know, I could make that work. I could make that work for what I'm, my purposes, yeah. And David, when you see what your mom takes from the photo you've shared with her as a base for the work, what does it feel like to see her extrapolate what works for her? It's, it's interesting because it's either a sense of satisfaction because she's now seeing the same thing that I saw, or it's a sense of growth because, oh, she sees something I didn't see. Okay. So it's sort of a continuing education. Because like I said, I'm not a, a professional. You were very kind to call me an artist. <laughs> However, it's something that I enjoy doing, not something that I ever wanted a, a career with. So these great moments of being able to be like, all right, so she saw that thing I wanted her to see. Cool, I did something right. Versus, oh, she's looking to the entire opposite side <laughs> of what I was looking at. And you know what? I think she's right. Isn't that cool? Yeah. No matter what, it's satisfying because you're either learning something or you're being justified, which is kind of neat. And for our listeners, just to explain my reference to you as an artist, though, is, you know, your father is music was a musician mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and framer. And, and, and he was a renaissance man. And to grow husband. up in that, you know. Yes. Yeah. David, you said you made sense that you would go on to become an actor. It made perfect sense to me. It's a combo yeah. of it all. <laughs> and We're I think that's not unlike, in some ways, it's not a visual art in the same sense, but yeah. that sense of alertness or mm -hmm. interpretation. 
is not dissimilar. Yeah, it's it's the choices that you make, whether you're on a stage or whether you're yeah. framing a picture or something like that. You're trying to impart something to the person viewing it. It's either an emotion, an education, a sense of relief, a sense of tension. It doesn't matter if it's someone sitting at a keyboard playing Rachmaninoff, if it's someone with pen and ink, if it's someone doing Shakespeare. Your intent is to make the viewer or listener of that thing feel what you want them to feel. And the best part is that's not even 100% what they're going to feel. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it it lands perfectly and sometimes they walk away and go, no, but I got this, 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 and this. And you go, that's a really good point. Didn't think about that. (laughs) And you as the artist get to grow along with the audience who grows with you. Right. Yeah, it's important. You're right. Sometimes they someone else will see something like in my work and say, "Oh, I didn't realize that." And I'm like, well, "You know what? I didn't either." But you want to kind of go, "Well, of course, I wanted <laughs> well, yeah, you to see that." Yeah, yeah no, totally. I, totally. I did, yeah, 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 yeah. I totally, totally aimed at that's that. That's intentional. Way, yeah. Exactly. Art, art's never <laughs> meant, accidental. I, I have no idea that. what you're talking about. I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Mary, your background is is fascinating, but pretty specifically visual mm-hmm. um, and unusual. Could you talk a little bit about the technique when David was talking about breaking the frame and the use of color and such? But it's also much of this is miniature, which is a whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. And the tools and the, and the way that you work, for me as a layperson, when I look at it, it feels ex- it's extraordinarily delicate. It feels like etching water color. Uh-huh. Um, if you could, <laughs> I've, it's been compared to that. Yes, yeah. um, I work with the smallest technical pen I can get my hands on, which is it's a draftsman's pen basically with a little tungsten wire that comes out controls the ink flow and that okay. kind of thing. It's refillable, um, but it gives me a line that is 0.13 millimeters wide, so it's tiny. And I have a light touch to begin with too, so I take it down even further and just dot 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 very very gently. Use the stipple technique to create okay. my backgrounds to create my textures. Um, it's a slow go. It's very painstakingly slow, but um, I like the control that I have when I do that. And then I will add colored pencil. I used to, I, I haven't done watercolor in quite some time, but okay. I'll add colored pencil. And I will use a variety of uh, precious metal leaves mm-hmm. in it, too. Mm-hmm. Like for the fireflies, it's 23-karat gold leaf. I have used uh, palladium leaf, white gold, copper. Now I have um, shell gold. I have shell silver. I have shell palladium. Um, I've started using lapis. I saw that. Yeah, that blue, that incredible ultramarine blue. That's the lapis. And basically, it's you use it like a pan watercolor. It's pulverized lapis, and then you just brush it on, and you get this gorgeous blue. Oh. It's just amazing. So I'm having fun with that. A lot of fun. That's a new thing. (laughs) That's fascinating. I've seen the blue. It's stunning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And was that inspired a bit? I mean, a lot of what I, I'm not sure, looking at the the fabulous website, which I encourage anyone to take a look at, the Snow Goose Gallery online, there seems to be a lot of evening, moon, dusky kind of that time of day work. Is that part of this show particularly? Is that newer work? That's what I like to do. Okay. Yeah. Basically. I've, I've yeah, taken yeah, yeah, I've taken uh, uh, pieces that are shot in broad daylight and say, nah, this has to have fireflies in it. So, well, one of the pieces I sent you is from Maui. Yes, and she put fireflies in it, and we're just gonna, like we won't tell anybody. There's no fireflies in Hawaii. It's fine. Don't worry. There that's should the, be. That's there the should be. There are now. There are now. We fixed it. Nightlights four. He was laughing because he was in my studio a couple of weeks ago, looking at it, and on, on a little piece of paper that I keep next to where I write down thoughts or whatever, I said uh, there are no fireflies in Maui because I think we Googled it. 
and I, underneath it I wrote, there are now. <laughs> <laughs> the power of the artist. There you go. Artistic Changing license. Exactly. exactly. And as far as, as far as going outside the mat, I just call it going outside the lines. I mean, mm. some of the trees that I, that I draw, and I love the wild trees, the dramatic trees. Don't give me anything symmetrical, please. Um, but sometimes you just can't contain them in that tiny space. They have to go outside the lines. It's not for every piece, but when yeah. it works, it works. I think those are some of my favorites. There's a sense of movement almost to them, too, which struck me. A That's, sense of yeah. move, myself as the viewer moving with the image. That's my intent. Frame. Yeah. That's my intent. You're listening to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon right here on WDIY 88.1. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and I've been speaking with Snow Goose Gallery owner and artist Mary Surface and her artist son, David Surface, about their new show, What Goes Around, Part 1, running November 13th through December 18th. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the gallery, the show features photographs by David, inspired by his mother Mary's art, alongside works by Mary, in turn inspired by her son David's photography. We'll be right back after this short break. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. I'm Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We do in-depth, long-form interviews with journalists who explain the news of the day and the people behind the best of pop culture. Join me weekdays at noon on WDIY 88.1 your trusted Lehigh Valley NPR member station since 1995. Welcome back to Lehigh Valley Arts Salon right here on WDIY 88.1, Lehigh Valley Public Radio. I'm your host, Kate Scuffle, and tonight we're talking with artist Mary Surface and her artist son David Surface about What Goes Around, Part 1, the fascinating new show opening at Bethlehem Snow Goose Gallery on November 13th and running through December 18. And during the break, we were talking a little bit about what folks can expect when they actually arrive at the show. Mary, could you tell us a little bit about how it's set up and what? Well, um, the show is going to be not in the loft. It's going to be downstairs. You're going to walk in the front door, and it's going to hit you in the face. That's <laughs> what we want. Those are my husband's words. That's <laughs> They're good words. They're yeah. good words, yes. So that's, that's what it's going to be. Um, we are going to have an opening reception. There will be refreshments, and we will have some live jazz piano. A mm. uh, dear friend of ours is going to come in and play. So, yeah, Lou Jahowski, mm. uh <laughs> is going to come in and play for us. And the reception is from 1 to 5. All are welcome. Come, you know, hang out with us, take a look at the artwork, wander around the gallery. That's what we want for you. And David's photographs will be shown with the pieces, yes. like the, the pieces that mm -hmm. loop together will be looped together, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yes, and they will be paired together. I'm, I'm framing all of the photographs um, as close to the frames that I'm using on my original work. Okay. In most cases, that's possible, but the photographs are going to be displayed next to my originals, and whoever purchases one of the originals also gets the photograph. That's provenance. That's okay. important. Okay. And how different from, I mean, for our listeners, how different or not different is this kind of show for the Snow Goose Gallery? Could you talk a little bit about the artists you usually, who you have found a home there? 
on the work that's found at home there? Well, we, we try and do different shows. I mean, we have done our probably our most popular show is our international miniature show that we hold at each May. It's the art of the miniature. Um, we're starting to plan for number 31 mm-hmm. in May of 2023. So uh, that's exciting. Uh, we get artists from all over the world to send pieces that you can basically hold in the palm of your hand. They will be in the loft. We Last year, I think we exhibited 461 pieces by 94 artists. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's our biggest show. And a number of years ago, I found out from a friend that uh, we were listed as one of the top 10 miniature shows in the country. Wow. Which pleased me to no end, yeah. both of us, because we've all three of us, because we've yeah. all been working so hard at it. Yeah. So, yeah, next year, David and I will be planning the Art of the Miniature 31. And for the listener, the miniature, which I think I had understood, but it was fascinating for me to read about it and prep for the show, it's a very distinct, distinctly defined field in many ways. Mm-hmm. It I mean, is. It's not just, oh, it's small art. This is. This no, is no, 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 yeah. no. Subject yeah. matter is one six life size or smaller. Okay. Um, in a lot of the society shows, the image size is 25 square inches or smaller, and you don't dare deviate from those rules or you will not be accepted in the shows. So they do pay very close attention to that, and they are very strict. So to get accepted in any one of these shows is, is quite an honor, and, and one that I've been very, very pleased to be part of since 1985. And not just similar from the way you were describing doing your work earlier, the, the, the very fine work, very small work, the stippling, the, the almost pointillism, the almost yeah, the incredibly delicate. Right. And three-dimensional work as well, which I, was fascinating to me, sculpts as well, three-dimensional mm-hmm. pieces. I, oh, yeah, in the miniature show, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. some beautiful bronze yeah. sculptures we got in and some clay sculptures. Mm-hmm. They're just amazing, yeah. I just, I'm just blown away when these pieces start coming in and and I just stand there and go, oh, my God, how can I stand up to this? <laughs> and yet she does every single time, too. But unpacking the boxes is fun because you have everything laid out in front of you, and you're like, I need to put these on the wall, but they're just right there. And you just stare at them for hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Is there a particular kind of collector? That, what, what do you note about folks that are drawn to the work, to the miniature work, the smaller pieces? Or what is it about it that I think the novelty people? of it. I think yeah. because it's something different. It's something unusual. Uh-huh. Um, and there's nothing like that show in this area, I guarantee you. No. I mean, there, there have been places that have tried for a year and then came to me and said, you know, I didn't realize how much work this is. Mm. I went, yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the cataloging, the hanging, you know, everything, you know, putting everything together, getting the mailings out. Yeah, there's a lot of work involved. But, and the website. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But as for the people who collect that kind of art, yeah. too, it, it's... Again, novelty comes into it a great deal, but I also think it's great that when people think about buying art, they often think about, what do I get that goes over my sofa? Like, what what's the big piece of art that I get for this room? Not realizing that you can have 50 amazing, detailed, beautiful pieces that in six months, if you get tired of, rearrange them, and you mm-hmm. have a whole new display on the wall. Mm-hmm. You have a whole new... A whole new way to view what's around. Like ninety percent of the art in my house is exactly what she's describing. It's all small pieces. Huh. Yeah. And every and once in a while, I get bored and just rearrange them, and it's like it. being in a brand new museum, or being too. in a brand new gallery. <laughs> yeah. In ours too, mm-hmm. we have groupings of miniatures hanging on the wall because I've been we've been collecting them since since nineteen eighty five. Yeah, okay. Since I started doing them, so we've got to have at least fifty or sixty of them at home now, and that's what I tell people. I said, well, you know, well, what if I can only afford to buy one? I'm like, so you buy one, yeah. and then you put it on a bookshelf. Right. Where you can see it, where you can right. be intimate with it. 
And um, then next year you come back, you buy another one. Oh, guess what? You have a pair. Now you can, you know, now you can put something else. So it's, it's, a, it's a gradual thing. And, and some of the people that have been coming have been coming for all 30 years. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. Huh? It's wonderful to see. You make a lot of good friends that way, too. We, I was going to say that. must be fascinating. And people yeah. come to the collector's preview, and they all become friends with each other. Because, oh, didn't I see you last year? Oh, you got that piece, and I wanted that piece. But they all know each other, and that is just such a warm feeling. It's I, a community. I, that I, was I love. Say, yeah. It's a community. Yeah. 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 That I absolutely love, yeah. Art-creating community as well as, yeah. It's also yeah. a way it seems like for the collector then, because of the pieces and the sense of arrangement or curating on their end, what speaks to them mm-hmm. creates a very different collection, obviously, than the next person or the next collector because they could kind of pick and choose what... Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's an adaptability to yeah. miniature art when you're mm-hmm. hanging it on the wall in your home. That allows you freedom, which I think is a lot of fun. I think it's the easy way to say it. it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to be like, no, I want this on the left side now. Oh, it's a whole new piece now. Oh, I love it. Excellent. Okay. Right. What compelled you to buy a gallery? I mean, running a gallery is not the same as simply <laughs> being in the world as a visual artist. Mm. It's two different hats. What yeah. compelled you to do this? Well, I am very lucky in that since I got my, my Bachelor of Arts degree in um, 78, I have been very lucky to have been involved in the arts for my entire life. Whether it was working in a gallery or working in a frame shop or you know a mall store, whatever, that's where I got my start. But I managed to keep my finger involved in the arts, myself involved in the arts for all these years, running an art supply store. I was running an art supply store for eight and a half years. Hmm. And... Um, the owners decided to close my branch and then eventually retire and close the whole business. At the time, the Snow Goose Gallery was on Market Street. It was owned by someone else. And she had just opened there in 1988. And my, my old boss at the art supply store called me and said, you know, there's an ad. She's looking for a framer. And I said, yeah, I know. She called me. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to. So I started working for her part-time. And I started working for her in 1991. In January of 92, she said, I'm bored with the business. I'm going to sell it. I'm like, I don't want to go back on unemployment again. I really don't. (laughs) So we talked. You know, Doug and I talked about it at many long nights. And he said, well, let's make her an offer. He said, because I can learn to do this. I mean, he was very artistic. He was very, you know, very versatile. He said, we could do this. We got some help from his parents. And we bought the gallery in, in May okay. of 1992, and the rest is history. It's been a roller coaster ride, but <laughs> what a ride! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade it for anything. No, I no, can imagine. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. And uh, most people found out that, oh my God, you're working with your husband. I said, yeah. And occasionally, <laughs> your kids there too. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What was it like to grow up with an art gallery, David? It seemed perfectly normal to me <laughs> entirely. Like, I didn't understand where, you know, people were like, well, what's it like? I'm like, I, I go hang out and look at art. I mean, don't you do that? No, it's not a common thing. No. Oh. I used to wander around downtown Bethlehem. It was like little me at like eight, nine years old, 10 years old, wandering 11 around. 11 you were, yeah. 11, when we, yeah. Bought, we bought the place when you yeah, were 11, yeah. yeah. But like wandering around and getting the DBA discount at Confetti Cafe on ice cream because I was adorable. I have no idea what happened, but I was adorable then. <laughs> um <laughs> You're but still yeah. adorable. Yeah, that's you're biased. It's okay. But uh, no, it just it was it was a delightful. Anytime there was an art project in school, I always won because I had the best resources. It's that kind of idea. It seemed perfectly normal to grow up in a gallery, to grow up in art. 
What a wonderful way to grow up. What oh, yeah. a wonderful way to make community. I mean, I was going to say, you know, it's it's me. When I moved to the area, you were already on Main Street, I believe. And yes. it's just a mainstay to me. It was just, it's part of, it's such an important part of Bethlehem to me. Just, you know, it makes had, the community. Okay. I had is, a client yeah. tell me yesterday when he was picking up an order that, that I'd framed for him. And he said, ask me, um, are you gonna are you gonna keep the gallery open now? And I said yes, I'm I'm gonna do my best. And he said good. He says because you're the last little bit of magic on Main Street. Oh, I and love that. That was just so kind, and so it just brought tears to my eyes. Well, I think that's true, and I think that um, it's a wonderful way to continue to expand that magic. The show that's coming up to celebrate that. Yes. Yeah. And, Celebrate the eleven-year-old that also moved into the gallery. <laughs> exactly. There we go. I've been we're there gonna, too. We're, it's going to be continued. We are going to do. Um, I think we're going to call it "Comes Around." Comes Around. Part okay, two. That's right. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty-four, November okay. of twenty twenty-four. So that's. So there is a part two. Today. There is a sequel. Two, yeah. There is a sequel. And are you imagining it working pretty much the same way with new images and uh-huh. new photos? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to keep taking pictures, and she's going to keep going, yes, yes, no, yes, yes, no, yes, yes. Okay, more please, and we'll just yep. move on from there. Now I'm at the point where more please. I'm working on it. I got you. <laughs> so we've started a new tradition to accompany the miniature show. Exactly. Oh, yeah. good gravy. So go. a fresh step, fresh stage, lovely. Yes. On the anniversary. It's different. It's different. It'll be a good time. I agree. Thank you both for being here with us. And I want to encourage our listeners to remember that this is What Goes Around Part 1, opening at Bethlehem's Snow Goose Gallery, The Magic on Main Street, November 13th through December 18th. Mary, Dave, thank you both again so much for being with us today. Our pleasure, Kate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And thank you, listeners, for joining me again here in the Art Salon. You can find past episodes of Lehigh Valley Art Salon and our other public affairs programming at WDIY.org, on the award-winning DIY phone app, and on the major podcast platforms. I'm Kate Scuffle, and this is WDIY 88.1 FM, and I look forward to joining you again soon right here on Lehigh Valley Art Salon.